This is a Vision Australia radio podcast. On Vision Australia radio, you're listening to The Sing Arctic Show with me, your host, Hat Muffet. Today, I've got two interviews for you. The first is a handler profile with Singardog's handler, Nalini Haynes. We're going to be talking a little bit about the day in her life, what she gets up to, and her partnership with Singardog Silky. Then I'm going to be playing a repeat of the interview that I did with Yav Ortov, talking about the Bushwalking Program promo. There is going to be an information session about the Bushwalking Program coming up. If you're interested in joining that one, email sedclients at visionaustralia.org to find out about the Bushwalking Program. Now, without further ado, here is my interview with Nalini talking about a life with a seeing eye dog. Hi, Nalini. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. So, we might just start off um, with a bit of a, a bit of an interesting question, which is um, and kind of broad. But could you please introduce yourself? You know, um, do you work or what do you do for work, and what are your hobbies and interests? Well, uh, my name is Nalini Haynes, and um, I run the website Dark Magazine, so I review stories in various formats, including books and TV and movies, and I interview people and do podcasts, and it's my podcasts that are um, the most popular. And um, most of my traffic comes from America. Canada, Britain, and Australia tend to make up the next three sources of my traffic and then, you know, the rest of the world. So, yeah, so that's really interesting. And I have to say, uh, my favourite part of working on Dark Matter is interviewing people and here I am being interviewed. (laughs) It's kind of ironic how the tables have turned. (laughs) Absolutely. So what um, what are the kind of, I guess, types of interviews that you, you do or the types of guests that you have? Oh, well, over the years, I have interviewed people from nearly every corner of the arts industry. So um, most of the people I've interviewed have been authors, but I've interviewed actors, screenwriters, um, including people like uh, Tim Ferguson from the Doug Anthony All-Stars. Um, I've interviewed musicians, including the Jane Austen Argument and Amanda Palmer. I've interviewed a special effects guy who apparently lives somewhere like Goldburn in New South Wales, but um, he works on American productions like Creek, like horror horror movies, and he had some really fun (laughs) stories to tell. Um, Some of the authors I've interviewed... um, they're mostly uh, sci-fi and fantasy, the really famous ones, but um, I have interviewed a number of other people too. Like the most famous ones would be people like Joe Abercrombie and Brandon Sanderson and Lainey Taylor, uh, people like that. Um, what it, oh, my favourite... My favourite book of all time, I actually read this year, but knocked all the other books off the shelf, um, is The Change by Kristen Miller. And I interviewed her, and that interview was just jaw-dropping. Um, that was magical realism. When menopause was a superpower. Can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> um, but I've also interviewed other people like um, Habitha Bird and 
sable parrot. Uh, oh, look, the, the, I've interviewed lots and lots of people because I've been doing this now for 12 years. So, yes, um, lots of people from lots of interesting corners of the arts industry. Well, it sounds like it would be a really in, interesting and, yeah, I guess varied. And with 12 years of, of experience under your belt, you must, um, yeah, lots of lots of crazy and interesting conversations. And um, so I'm guessing, obviously, the kind of um, media world is a really, really big one. Um, as far as, um, I guess, now you have a seeing eye dog. Could you um, tell us a little bit about your seeing eye dog? I could talk all day about my seeing eye dog, so you're just going to have to tell me when to shut up. <laughs> um, well, her name is Silky, and she's a bit over two and a half years old. She arrived in January. She's my first seeing eye dog. I was born with a vision impairment. My first school was the Bruce Hamilton Sight Saving School for the Visually Handicapped. Try saying that three times fast when you're three years old, which is how old I was when I started going there. That school no longer exists, but the records are still online. Um, so I've always had this vision impairment, but my eyesight's been getting worse. I started using a cane several years ago, and because I walked so much, the cane gave me RSI. So it's a combination of things, including um, the fact that I'm working like, I'm, I'm not doing paid work. This is all volunteer work as Dark Magazine. But I'm working supporting the arts industry in Australia. And I was going to conferences and conventions and expos and writing up events and interviewing people at events. And it got to the point where I really couldn't do that anymore. Um, or it was getting harder and harder anyway. And... Also, the thought of going, travelling into states, because I currently live in Canberra, um, there's not a lot happening here. There's a lot happening in Melbourne and Sydney. And I couldn't do stuff solo anymore because of the RSI. So, Silky has come along to help me do all this stuff. And now Silky and I are looking at moving back to Melbourne, which is super exciting. So we're going to be able to go to Melbourne Writers Festival and PAX Australia and all these different events once we've, once we've moved. And we'll be going back and um, covering events and um, interviewing people and generally expanding our support of the arts industry again. I mean, I, I guess there are lots of benefits to kind of being slightly more, you know, in the in the set, you know, kind of closer in the centre. But um, I mean, living in in Melbourne myself, I, I know you can hardly go a week without there being a quite good music uh, music event or or something like that. So um, sounds like it's probably exactly the place that you need to be. Well, yes, I lived in Melbourne for seven years before we moved to Canberra. We moved to Canberra for my husband's career, and it. It's been really hard for me here. It's like my, my work on Dark Matter has... Oh, I have so much more in Melbourne. I, I was attending book launches and video recording them and putting them online. And I can still do that because my video camera has automatic focus. I don't need to be able to focus it. Um, you know, doing all of these things. And it was... Yeah, and at that point in time, I've been working on Dark Matter for five years. And it was just... 
it, I was on a roll. It was really exciting. And then moving to Canberra, it's kind of everything's kind of limped along. Like, I mean, I've still been doing stuff online, but it's been online. It hasn't been attending events. It hasn't been attending book launches and stuff like that. So going back to Melbourne and being able to do, to do this stuff again and um, and just things like going to the Wheeler Centre and attending, you know, writers' talks and um, same for Writers Victoria, things like that. I'll be able to do all of those things again and Silky can, can get me there because obviously my husband has different interests and, you know, he has a job, so um, he can't be there to... Um, guide me around all the time but I'll Silky and I will be a regular fixture in the in the literary and the art scene. It sounds like there's a lot of really exciting kind of plans I guess for you guys and your your time together. Is there anything in the time that you've had Silky that's really surprised you about about having a seeing idol? Is there anything um, I guess that you didn't that you didn't think or that a difference that you didn't expect? Well, yes, everything really. Um, where do I begin and how do I keep it short? <laughs> Silky does ask. Sometimes she tells me, like, um, oh, well, I, I went to this place to do some classes. And then my husband would, would go, he was at that point in time, he was working on this project and he, um, he, he'd sit at the local pub, which was like 100, 100 metres down the road, while I was in this class. And then I was walking down to meet, meet him. Anyway, on a previous day, he'd parked the car in a car park opposite. So then Silky was absolutely convinced that if we walked down to this pub, that we were going the wrong way. He's telling me, no, the car is parked in the car park opposite. And she really, really was concerned that we were going the wrong way. And we've had a number of things like that. And I personally think it's awesome. Like sometimes she'll tell me, no, we're going the wrong way. Sometimes she's kind of like, which way do you want? Like she's kind of offering me a choice of route. And um, and other times she's just waiting for directions. And, and she likes know she's like a person she likes to know where we're going um you know like if i say we're going to brewbar which is you know my favorite cafe nearby she's happy to to trot off there or if we're going home then you know but but if she doesn't know where we're going that i kind of get a bit of a hesitancy in the way she moves if that makes sense but oh one one thing that really surprised me one time was um, we went. Uh, Silky and I were waiting for my husband outside the Canberra Centre, and it was cold and it was dark. And I thought, no, we'll wait inside because he's going to be, you know, a little while, and it's warmer inside. Anyway, so we're waiting in the foyer. Now, Silky used to be terrified of escalators and travelators. So Wilkie and I worked on escalators and travelators really frequently, you know, lots of treats, lots of pats, lots of positive reinforcements. Anyway, so now she loves going on escalators and travelators, like really, like 
little kids want to go on that little, you know, the little car rides or the chopper rides in the supermarket, she wants to go on the escalator and the travelator. The magic like, of training. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's, it's amazing. It's hilarious. Anyway, so this particular time, we're waiting inside the Canberra Centre and she asked to go up the escalator and I thought, well, we're waiting. Why not? So I let her take me up the escalator. And then we're heading in a particular direction. I thought she was heading to take me to go down a different escalator. No, we walked past that escalator and she kept going. And I was just like, I was a bit bemused. I had time to kill, so I just let her take me. She took me straight to Hayes Chocolate Shop. She'd been there once before, (laughs) months earlier. But she took me straight there. The shop was closed. And, and I have to tell you, I have never, ever given her chocolate. But she knew that that was a place that I liked to go. <laughs> anyway, so we got to the door of the, of the, the shop and it was closed. And I gave her a treat because I thought this was pretty fun. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she can take me there anytime. And then we turned around to go back to the foyer and she took me back to the foyer a different way. But she knew exactly exactly where she was going and I was just like wow this is amazing it's just yeah wow she sounds like she knows exactly what's going on oh she is amazing like I I've been in South Point the local shopping centre and I've told Silky find Dobinson's which is a a patisserie so um you know like sometimes I'll go there and get like a pie for lunch or something and these two little old ladies were like, I need one of them. <laughs> because she, Silky would go straight to Dobinson's and they're like, oh, you know, they, they were talking about how they were getting lost in South Point. They needed, they needed a seeing eye dog to, just to guide them. Not that they couldn't see, but they needed to guide. Just for the, navig- oh, just for the navigation. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And one other thing that I think... Um, it's one story I love to share about Silky is um, I was in hospital earlier this year. Yeah, so we went to emergency and then once we're actually in a bed in the emergency ward, the nurses were like, I don't know the rules with seeing our dogs. And I explained that, um, you know, they're not allowed to go into theatre and places like that, but otherwise they're allowed to go into hospitals. And they're like, oh, okay. And then one nurse came up to me and said, would you like me to lift your dog onto, the, onto your bed? And it's like, I wasn't going to ask. I seriously wasn't going to ask. But if she's going to offer, I said yes. Anyway, so we were in emergency for hours. And most of the time, we had staff coming in to say hello and give Silky pats and everything. So Silky was happy. And it was just really nice. And it was just a way of kind of, not focusing on the dramas and the pain I was going through at the time. And then we were transferred to a ward. And then for three days, Silky lay on my bed in hospital. Um, She didn't want to leave me. The only time she did was um, when she was toileted. And um, my my husband was working, you know how they use the acronym WFH, working from home. Yeah. Well, he was working from hospital oh, <laughs> in a cafe so that he could come up and toilet Silky and just be there if needed. Well, I heard 
two staff members having an argument about who was going to toilet Silky. And one of them said, well, I've brought my own leaf, so I'm going to toilet Silky. <laughs> and I just, oh, look, honestly, the idea of staff having a fight over who's going to toilet my dog, like, knock yourself out, guys. I just think it's adorable. Having her on my bed, I mean, I know it was it was tough on her because she was worried about me, but um, she stayed with me and she wanted to look after me. And I'm sure, oh, she just she just made it so much easier. And I'm sure she helped me recover. It sounds like she's made a very very impressively fast kind of bond with you and. Um, and an impression on you as well. Is there anything um, that I guess you'd like to kind of say in in summary, I guess, about your, your relationship? I love it a bit. And my husband didn't want a dog. He was going to support me having a dog. But he's like, I'm a cat person. <laughs> he has totally won him over. Um, he just adores her too. I would say to anybody considering getting a seeing eye dog or any kind of service dog, it is hard work. It's hard work to adjust. And then it's just a labour of love, like everything, right down to barking when she's been naughty and gotten run into the lake, <laughs> things like that. It's, it's a labour of love. And I, yeah. Oh, I, no words, just no words. I highly recommend a dog. I just can't imagine life without Silky now. And just to finish off, are there any messages that you would like to share with anyone who's volunteered for or you know donated to support seeing our dogs? Oh, look, just thank you very much. I realise that um, it takes a village to raise a seeing eye dog. The puppies have to grow up. They they have to. They need a really loving environment. They have strict rules even while they're growing up. I know Silky grew up without being allowed on the furniture or anything like that. Well, I mean that's a rule I broke as soon as I got her. But um, I appreciate the fact that I had the choice, and she knows that she's not allowed to go on the furniture elsewhere without you know, being told, given permission. There's so much that goes into it. And then there's the training. And then there's, there are the foster the foster carers and all of this kind of stuff. It, it takes a village. And I have no idea of the real experience. I mean, I'm lucky in that the NDIS funded Silky for me. I believe that some people get um, dogs without NDIS funding. Um, and I, I just think... It is, oh, excuse me, um, I just think it's, it's a gift, it's a priceless gift that people are giving, the, the volunteering of their time and the financial support to contribute to raising Silky and, and other dogs. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Seeing Eye Dog Show on Vision Australia Radio. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Nalini. If you're interested in finding out about her zine or the work that she does uh, podcasting and talking about uh, kind of media and, and upcoming kind of arts and cultural events, um, head to the Dark Matter zine. Um, I'm sure we can have a bit of a Google of that one um, or I'll link it in the Omni FM podcast page. 
You've been listening to the Sing Idol Show on Vision Australia Radio. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Nalini. If you're interested in her zine and her podcasting work, as well as finding out about the arts and culture uh, around Australia, head to the Dark Matter zine. I can link that in the Omni FM page for our podcast um, or just give her a bit of a Google. Uh, Thank you, Nalini, for joining me on the show. And now I'm going to be joined again by Yav Ortov. This is a repeat of our episode talking about the Bushwalking Pilot uh, program. If you're interested in teaching your dog guide or seeing our dog um, to walk uh, kind of hikes and nature walks with you, uh, the program which is being designed by or developed by seeing our dog instructors is uh, looking for participants now. We've got a an information session about that event uh, later this week. If you're interested in that program or finding out about bushwalking with your seeing eye dog, please send an email to sedclients at visionaustralia.org. That is sedclients at visionaustralia.org or give us a ring on 1300 or stay tuned now to hear a bit about the bushwalking program. Thank you for listening to the Seeing Eye Radio Show. So I'm just going to be joined by one of our instructors, Yoav Otov, who's going to be talking to us about bushwalking program um, hosted by Seeing Eye Dogs. That's, that's for people with dog guides um, to find out a bit about how to use your dog for um, bushwalking. So um, hi, Yoav. Thanks for joining me on the show to talk about the program. Yeah, hi, Harriet. Happy to be here. So um, just to start off with what is going to be covered in the bushwalking program. So the bushwalking program is uh, for a dog guide user who would like uh, to also travel in different environments, uh, like the bush, uh, to do some bushwalking, hiking, and so on, and just to take the dogs for walks in nature. Um, in the program, we'll gradually learn um, how, to, uh, how to work with the dog um, in those environments. So uh, what will be covered is uh, general bushwalking information. What does it mean to be a visually impaired travel, traveler in those environments? Uh, what precautions should we take, and how is that different uh, from a traveler who is, who is uh, fully uh, has full vision? And what does it mean to be a dog guide user in those environments? So, what should be we be aware of? Um, what are the limitations of the dog? Uh, where does our dog have added value? How should we prepare uh, for such a trip, and so on? And I guess you are going to be talking a bit about some slightly different hazards and then kind of what what that means rather than like walking in a city. Yeah. Uh, so in many ways, uh, the basics are the same basics. Uh, it's just uh, there are some differences. Uh, the first ones, yeah, maybe some different, uh, the nature of the hazards and the obstacles uh, might be a little different. Uh, the nature uh, of the distractions might be a little different. And your dogs uh, might encounter different distractions that are actually not used to seeing in the day-to-day. And that will require um, uh, some management of your part. Uh, also, uh, just orientating yourself in those environments might be sometimes a little more tricky. It's definitely different than walking on the footpath uh, in a street you already know. Uh, so we'll cover all of those uh, and, uh, and try to kind of figure out what needs to be done and how should we be uh, preparing ourselves and managing ourselves and our dogs in those situations. So this is a kind of pilot of this program that you have developed with another instructor, Emma. When is the program kind of um, happening and where? So our program is uh, just on the verge of being up and running. Uh, It will happen. uh, The first trails that we will take uh, are... uh, our clients do our, uh, the Listerfield Park uh, circuit walk around the lake and up to Dandenong Mountain um, for a short walk uh, through a waterfall. Uh, 
So with uh, a five-kilometer route and another three-and-a-half-kilometer route, uh, which uh, was a little bit different nature and uh, uh, around us. So in the first walk, it will be uh, quite a wide path, uh, and we'll see some kangaroos and some uh, low bushland. Uh, when on the Dandenong Mountain, it's more of a rainforest where we'll uh, uh, go up uh, with high trees, a lot of birds, um, a lot of a lot of noise uh, from the birds, uh, and some water, some mud, uh, going uh, above uh, some some rivers and creeks and uh, waterfalls and so on. Uh, it will happen. We hope to get uh, started on uh, November. Uh, we're right now trying to kind of form the first groups who would like uh, to kind of join us uh, for the walk. It is a one-day uh, outing. So in the morning, uh, we will be going uh, to the Listerfield uh, Sticket Walk. And after a lunch break, we'll be doing uh, uh, the walk up to Zandinong. That sounds like it'll be a very big day. Hopefully, everyone has some really good shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So once, uh, once we're... Uh, Getting organized, we'll talk with every every traveler about what equipment to bring, what equipment not to bring, and how to get prepared. Uh, but um, it's definitely doable uh, for, uh, I would say, the majority uh, of our handlers who are interested in doing so. So it's not it's not very hard or out of reach uh, for most of our clients. So who can partake in this? Do, do they have to be someone with a sing eye dog, or, um, or or can they have a dog eye from another school? Uh, basically, every dog guide user uh, is welcome uh, to show some interest and join us. Uh, every user who is, uh, uh, feels like he's able uh, to do those walks, like I said, it's pretty easy walks. Uh, the first one is around five kilometers, uh, and the second is about three and a half. There are no uh, major uphills or no uh, you know, major obstacles or things we need to go around, so it's pretty straightforward. Everybody who's interested, uh, and has the motivation to kind of try and uh, give it a shot, uh, will definitely uh, be interested to uh, kind of walk with them and make it happen. So how can anyone sign up or find more information about this program? Uh, just reach out to our client services team. Uh, it can be by email or by phone. Uh, express some interest, and one of our friendly instructors uh, will reach out to you uh, for a little chat, um, and uh, we'll take it on from there. That email is scdclients at visionaustralia.org. Um, I can imagine as well that we will find some information um, on the Seeing Our Dogs website as well. Um, is there anything else that is, um, I guess, good to cover? Um, or why would you say that anyone should potentially consider coming on this trip if they're um, in Victoria and have a dog guide? Uh, first of all, about Victoria. Right now it's in Victoria, but we are planning on expanding uh, to other states and territories. Uh, so because it's a pilot right now, we're doing it locally, but uh, the purpose uh, is to definitely uh, do more, uh, both in Victoria and in different uh, different areas and environments. Um, also, after we do these walks, uh, people who would like to proceed and do uh, more challenging and difficult walks, uh, uh, that will be um, available as well. So uh, we'll start at the uh, pretty simple uh, walks, but whoever is actually interested in enjoying it uh, uh, can expect some more. Uh, about the why, I think it's just uh, a lot of people and a lot of our uh, clients um, actually don't get to, to do a lot of it uh, right now uh, for a variety of reasons. And uh, we did see and hear from our client base that a lot of people are interested and are curious uh, about it. So I think if you 
like walking in nature, if you like uh, just uh, hanging out with other dog guide users uh, for a friendly chat or friendly walk and so on, uh, this is the place for you. Well, thank you so much for joining me to talk about the program, Yov. It sounds like a great one. Happy to. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Seeing Our Dog Show on Vision Australia Radio. I've enjoyed my interviews with Nalini Haynes, Seeing Our Dog's handler of Silky, and Yov Ortov, Singer's instructor. If you're interested in the bushwalking program, taking part, or finding out more information about the client services programs that we offer, email said clients, S E D clients, at visionaustralia.org to find out about the programs running, or you can call 1300 847466 uh, to find out about that bushwalking program or taking part in it yourself if you are Victorian uh, and interested in taking part of that pilot. Uh, thank you for listening and don't forget to head to our website if you'd like to find out about seeing artists work we do or how you can help uh, and spread the word about puppy caring. If you are interested head to our website to find out about puppy caring yourself um, or just let a friend know if they are interested in raising a puppy for someone who's blind or has low vision. Uh, thank you for listening and don't forget to tune in same time next week for another episode of the Seeing Artists Radio Show. Thanks for listening to this Vision Australia radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Visit varadio.org for more. Vision Australia Radio. Blindness. Low vision. Opportunity.